progressive Marxist that's hated America since our inception, and especially in the 1890s, in the, in the 19-teens, and we could call names, talk about all kinds of things, 1920s, 1930s, early 30s, Humanist Manifesto, humanism, multiculturalism, all this stuff. Why do you think old Brother Mike's been screaming through the 90s for God's people to get right with God? It ain't about preachers on women or long hair on men or divorced preachers or once saved, always saved or going to movies or contemporary music versus southern gospel music. It's not all about that. Amen. The future of our next generation's at stake. Yes. And you'd have to have been blind not to see what's coming. Yes. And now you've got Hollywood, you've got the uh, journalism and entertainment and judiciary and education and so many things that are stacked far to the left. And we're headed not just to progressivism, socialism is just a fancy word for Marxism. And my people, Zechariah said a long time ago, are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Hear me. This 50-50 type vote, those that vote for decency, morality, biblical-based truths, our honest history. We're on the upper side. As old John Connolly, you sing that song, I'm on the back side of 30, baby. I've done got on the back side of 65 now. So what I'm saying is, are you listening? In the next few years, atheism is growing in this country. You understand that? Young people are being raised not to respect mom and daddy. They're being raised to be given whatever they want. They get a trophy no matter what. And they came out in groves because they were taught to hate Donald Trump. Am I the only one that figures we put a man and woman of color in the White House and then we're accused of being racist? Listen, I'm not racist. I criticized his policies. But if you're racist, oh, I can't say nothing about him. Why? Because he's black. You're the racist. I'm not. You allow, as a nation, homosexual marriage to be full-fledged, full-blown marriage, and then you get called homophobic? (laughs) Excuse me, am I missing something here? That's the devil. It's not truth, but it's items in an agenda to promote a strategy to change this country. And while all of that has been done, what have we been doing? To truly humble yourself means that you deny yourself. And now we are so strongly divided. And what did Jesus say? That house and that kingdom cannot stand. Chuck Schumer said last night, I understand, and these are quoted from Chuck Schumer, take Georgia, change America. Do you understand if a Senate races in Georgia go a certain way, Kamala Harris will have a deciding vote in the U.S. Senate. 
And I'm not making this up. God bless her soul. I don't have anything against anybody. But so many independent groups have termed her to be the most left senator in the U.S. Senate. Now here we are. How do you like that? We could have humbled ourselves a long time ago. I'm just letting God have me. I begged you, churches, not just freedom. Shh, stop that hate stuff. How can you hate your choir leader and love God? How can you despise your preacher and love God? How can you bear tales, preacher, against another preacher and blackball him? And love God. And then you want to tell a lost world how to vote? You ain't even got your mind on God. And God's saying all your shenanigans making me sick. Well, I know that ain't popular. Even here at Freedom. God's last call to America. We had three little things from my heart and we won't even get into them today. We might talk about them next Sunday but I'm going to try to close with this. The coming of the Lord I believe is pretty pretty soon. The book of Daniel and I'm going to be very brief because I'm just going to say it talk, talk about it myself. In chapter 2 Nebuchadnezzar had a dream and if you want to know prophecy, everybody that's so interested in prophecy, then you're going to have to have a pretty good head knowledge of the book of Daniel. Daniel 2, King Nebuchadnezzar has this dream and it terrifies him at night and he gets up the next morning, calls all of his soothsayers and magicians and scientists, quote unquote, all around him and he said, I want you to interpret my dream. They said, all right, King, lay it on us. He said, that's my problem. I don't remember the dream. <laughs> So they pulled a porky pig on him. What? Yeah, if you don't tell me what I dreamed and then interpret it, I'm going to kill every one of you. <laughs> and they knew what that meant. It meant torture before death came. So it scared them to death. And they said, hey, king, there's a little, one of little Hebrew teenage boys down here. I believe you need to talk to him. So here comes young Daniel, the man of God in, in Babylon. And Nebuchadnezzar says, Daniel, I've had a dream. I want you to tell me what the dream was, and then I want you to interpret it for me. And Daniel says, all right, God that I, the God that I serve is able to tell you exactly what you dreamed. So the very thing in Daniel 2 that Daniel laid out for Nebuchadnezzar has been kind of a blueprint for human existence on this planet ever since human government began under the Babylonians, the head of gold being Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar himself, the arms of silver, the Medo-Persian, the brass belly and upper thighs being the Greek empire, then the iron leg of the Holy Roman Empire and the Roman Empire and then those little ten toes on those feet iron mingled with clay and that's the end time thing out of a European confederation the little horn will come out of the, uh, the, out, of the uh, out of the ten horns because he goes on over and he has other visions I don't have time to go 
won't end to that. But the stone hewn out of a mountain is the end of all times when Jesus comes down from Mount Zion, crushes those feet of Antichrist, and that image falls. Now Nebuchadnezzar heard that, and he respected that, but then the very next chapter in chapter 3, he made himself to be God. That's the problem with human beings, and that's the problem with human hearts. No matter who says they're going to do you good, if they get power, if they get power, they're going to be corrupted. It's been said, uh, you know, absolute power absolutely corrupts. That's why socialism never works, because those in power seize the power, get uh, drunk on the control, and all the rest of us just has to have what is crumbs and whatever's left, and societies suffer as a result of it. But then after the fiery furnace, when the three Hebrews come out under the power of the fourth man, now Nebuchadnezzar has another dream about this big tree in chapter 4, and the tree grows to the heights of heaven, and the boughs all spread out, and uh, he calls Daniel and said, what's going on here with this, and Belshazzar and all the rest of them, and he said, Nebuchadnezzar, you, you've, you've grown up here in your big tree, and all the beasts of the field, all the peoples of the, of the world, they're resting under the shade of it. The fowls of the air are resting in the boughs of it, but then there came a watchman, and there came the Lord, and he said, cut the tree down, but leave the stump, and so Nebuchadnezzar said, what does that mean? Daniel said, listen, I don't care how big you get, you better not get too big for your britches because God Almighty is still God. He's going to cut you down, Nebuchadnezzar. And he put Nebuchadnezzar out in the field and his hair came like feathers of an eagle and chicken claws like his nails and he ate straw. I'm telling you, God's God. He can do whatever. Don't you forget that. When you're getting frustrated and fearful, are you forgetting God? Amen. God can cut the tree down and leave it a stump. But we're being silent. We're not having faith. Where is the church that prays? Have we fallen away from prayer? Then the other visions and dreams we could talk about, but you come to 19, to chapter 9, and you got to 70 weeks, 483 years with seven years left over. And Jesus would say in the, in the temple discourse of prophecy in Luke 21 that Jerusalem would be trodden of the Gentiles till the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. So you've got from Christ resurrection till Christ returns. You've got the age of grace, the dispensation of grace, or the church age that will be closed out essentially when Antichrist gets Israel to sign a peace accord for seven years and that triggers what is known as Jacob's trouble or the tribulation period. Now stay with me. In 67 AD, Titus the general came and seized Jerusalem. Thirty years prior to that time, Jesus would say, standing on the temple ground, that Jerusalem will be, will be that you'll see Jerusalem compassed with armies. That was fulfilled in less than 30 years. And the Roman army came to put down the, the Mac, or the zealot revolt uh, that was going on in Jerusalem and he compassed the cities. Jesus said when you see the city compassed, those in the city get out, outside the city nobody comes in. Now there was some scoffers that said how are we going to get out? Now that crazy Jesus, if, if Rome sees the city we can't get out and nobody can get in. But they had a, this is historical fact as sure as you're sitting in God's house. Titus the general got orders from the emperor that the barbarians in the northern quarters 
of Europe were making a sincere and real threat against the empire. So the Roman army left Jerusalem and people cheered as they left. Some of the zealots thought they were getting victory and they ran them off. Titus got so angry at the Jewish people, he said, I'll be back. And three years later, he was emperor of Rome with one thing on his mind and that was to come back with hostile intent and they returned in 70 A.D. and destroyed Herod's temple. They laid waste to Jerusalem in six, basically 67 A.D. and Jesus said Jerusalem will be trodden of the Gentiles till the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. Fast forward 1900 years to June of 1967. Even from 47 to 67, uh, Jerusalem was not uh, central to Israel. That was, was not allowed. But in 60, 1967 in June of that year in the seven in the in the seven day war they got to Sinai from Egypt the West Bank from Jordan they took uh, 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 Jerusalem and for the first time in nearly two thousand years Jerusalem was not trodden of the Gentiles anymore I'm feeling that all over more than anywhere else twenty five hundred years ago Ezekiel said in Ezekiel thirty seven and thirty eight and thirty nine that when you see the mountains laid waste against Israel inhabited by Russian troops. Here a while back Donald Trump declared that the Golan was sovereign property of Israel. Now we're set up. The Russian troops are already in Syria. I was preaching this back in the 1980s. I preached it over there in Megiddo in Israel. Our guide from Houston University said, Mike Sage, you don't know what you're talking about. I said there will come a time when Russian ground troops will occupy the Golan. When oh, Antichrist makes a peace treaty I'm telling you everybody's going to be at peace just for a little while but the white horse rider of the first seal doesn't last long in Revelation 6 till the second seal's open and the red horse comes and takes peace from the earth are you hearing this this morning God's last call to America if you love your grandbabies you need to humble yourself and pray if you love this country you need to humble yourself and pray don't jump up like a little bainy rooster. Say, I'm going to fight. You need to get on your knees and pray and believe God because this is serious. We might take this up next Sunday. I don't know, but I'm telling you right now, foolishness is abounding. We're in the middle of a falling away, but I believe there's some faithful awareness and I hope I got somebody in here this morning, even though it's 15 after 12. I'll say, preacher, I'm hearing what God's saying. He doesn't like proud people. And he listens to every word we say because it verifies what he knows about our hearts. Is this God's last call to America? I absolutely, sincerely believe it is. Wake up, stand up, speak up, suit up. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are not my enemy. The devil is. Progressivism, Marxism, all that, that all comes from the prince of the power of the air. And he sure is doing a good job controlling the airwaves.
Big tech will censor you. (laughs) Big media will lie to you. But God will always tell you the truth. And he says, purify your hearts and clean your hands and shut up your religious mouth. Because I want the only thing that will get my attention is when you bow down and sacrifice yourself for me like I sacrifice myself for you. And then we'll have oneness together. And together we can turn this world upside down. Well, that ends the message that we've been preaching for the last three weeks, God's last call for America. But let us be sure that we understand that God has given us space for grace. I know some folks think there's no hope for a revival in America, but why give up yet? I, I don't think God issued a white flag for the soldiers of the cross. We have victory. We may have some struggles in some individual battles along over the last 2,000 years, but it is sealed and done. When Christ said it's finished and he allowed us to enter into this new covenant between ourselves and him, and he said the gates of hell would not prevail against his church, he meant that. But he is a holy God, and he can become frustrated with his people when we fail him and forget him and start doing our thing our way and forget about his thing doing the great work of God in compliance in, a, with, in, in compliance and obedience to the word of Almighty God. So let us just understand that God is able. He is with us. He is our strength. He is our help. He is our support. Here's an old song I want you to listen to, and then I'll be back to close out this week's uh, program. I know a man who can. We can't save the lost, but we know someone who can. We can't really revive the church, but he can if, if, if my people. That's a great big little two-letter word there. If my people will, then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. I know a man who can save your soul if you're lost. I know a man who can still rescue America, our country, if we would allow him to revive his church, if we would just do those four simple things, humility, prayer, seeking his face, and turning from our wicked ways. I hope you'll be blessed as we listen to the message of this old mountain gospel song, I know a man who can. I can't take a heart that's broken Make it over again But I know a man who can I can't take a soul that's sin sick Wash it Whiter than the snow But I know a man who can 
some call him Savior, the Redeemer of all men. I call him Jesus. He's my dearest friend. So if you feel like no one can help you, cause your life is all out of pain. I know a man who can. His name is Jesus. I can't walk upon the water or calm the raging sea. But I know a man who can I can't make blind eyes to open or make the lame walk again oh but I know a man who receive it. He absolutely can, and He will. Let me try to be as clear as I can. Yes, we do know a man who can, and God is able. But as He told Jeremiah in Jeremiah chapter 2, the arrogance and ignorance of God's people so frustrated God, and Jeremiah continued to tell the people to ask for the old ways of God, prayer, love, peace, just like in Josiah's day. But after the death of King Josiah, the monarchy just went downhill to corruption and self-centeredness. The prophets like Hananiah had turned their backs on the Word of God and the truth of God to believe a lie. And eventually, Jeremiah had to tell the folks what God said. There is no more remedy. But even with that said, in the 32nd chapter, God is able. As Jeremiah would say it this way, Oh, Lord God, there's nothing too hard for you. There will be 70 years of captivity, and then God will move. But listen, I've got grandbabies. Some of you do. Some of you younger married couples with little children, aren't you concerned that there are forces afoot 
trying to drive America into the throes of socialism and take us away from the representative republic that we've had all these years. Yes, we've had sins in our past, but there are folks trying to uh, exaggerate or you know extend, accentuate and expand the faults of our history so they could better control the trajectory of our future. We've got to realize that God is holy and He doesn't change. We don't want a 70-year captivity, do we? It's just like listen to Mordecai talking to Esther. Esther, if you don't do something, you and I and our people right now are cooked. Yeah, deliverance will come eventually, even though God wasn't mentioned in the book of Nehemiah. He's seen in every verse. I think what Mordecai was saying, listen, God's going to be God a million years from now and a hundred years from now. But Esther, if you don't do something in your, from your position, you and me and all of our people are going to die. And the Jewish people still commemorate her heroism even to this day. I love what Esther finally said. She said, if I perish, I perish. I'm going in. She came to the end of herself and was willing to give herself up for the good of all of her people and for the glory of her God. And when she went in, the rest is history. Old King Ahasuerus reached that golden scepter out there and she touched the top of it. And the same grace that saves is the same grace that sustains and is the same grace that can intervene in your affairs and in my personal affairs and in the affairs of the United States of America. In two years, we're going to have another election. In four years, we'll have another presidential election. Time marches on, and God's people have always had the spirituality of a roller coaster through the last 2,000 years, up and down. And a lot of factors are governed by the spirituality, the true scriptural spirituality of the church. An old missionary told me a long time ago, son, as goes the church, so goes the country. And now we're divided, and Christ said a kingdom divided cannot stand. So many acute, plain similarities between the condition of the church in the last few years and the condition of our country now. So what do we do? We repent we humble ourselves, we get right with God, and we believe God. Just as God was able 2,000 years ago to conquer death, hell, and the grave, He is still able today. I believe that with all of my heart, and I believe that you believe it as well. Brothers and sisters, let's just know that we are the people of God, the salt of the earth, the light of the world. And as Jeremiah found out in the 32nd chapter of the book that bears his name, there's nothing too hard for God. Absolutely nothing. Even the revival of his church and a restoration of faith here in the country. God bless each of you is my prayer.
I have the privilege of pastoring and being the director of Freedom Tabernacle Baptist Church and Freedom Tabernacle Ministries in Atkins, Virginia. And we are going to get to know one another a lot better through the weeks and months to come. It's my prayer. But right now, you can join us on our Facebook page, Freedom Tabernacle Ministries, Atkins, Virginia, or our YouTube channel, Focus of Freedom, Atkins, Virginia, our website, ftministries.org, or you can download our app, the Freedom Tabernacle app. Download it for free from any app store and we can stay in contact that way as we labor together with our Lord for His glory and for the advancement of His glorious gospel of grace.